0: From inside Memorial Stadium in the Huskers Radio Network studio, it's time for the Sideline Scoop with our Husker great NFL vet, Big Red Analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back, everybody, into the Sideline Scoop with Searles. With Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cootie. And another bye week. It seems like we just got off of a bye week, and here we are. We wrapped up another one. And congratulations to you, my friend. You finally got yourself a buck.
1: I did. I've been chasing for about 10 days now um, since last bi-week. I signed off the fifth quarter show. with <laughs> I'm going to go shoot a deer in the face. And I did. I did shoot a deer. Not in the face, but I did shoot a deer last night, which was super fun. Right after the Sports Nightly show, actually.
0: So your wife has got to be happy that now you've, you're wrapping it up. You've got one. And your kids are going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So the family's all happy now.
1: Yeah. My son, I brought the deer home last night, and he was – just loving it he (laughs) thought it was the coolest thing ever Da that deer deer and then he was like eat deer I was like yes we eat the deer son we (laughs) ever been a prouder moment oh maybe when he was holding up two mallards like this but (laughs) just getting him started early in hunting my dad did it with me and, and it's just I have some of my best memories hunting with my dad and so getting excited to share some of those with him and hopefully my daughter one day too
0: it's amazing both of them like the deer meat too. oh yeah
1: I mean, if you start them early on it, they don't know any different, right? <laughs> I mean, my wife never grew up on it. She's from California. I mean, they don't kill deer out there unless you're in northern California. And so she just, it's new to her. And, and But if you just grow kids on deer meat, they don't know any better. And honestly, I like deer and elk meat better than beef.
0: Wow. Does she like it now?
1: She's growing. It's growing on her. I have okay. to cook it like really the right way. And uh-huh. so I'm going to get a bunch of those sticks made. I'm going to get a bunch of like jerky made because she likes that stuff. By the way, if you're listening and you have a good meat locker that you suggest here in eastern nebraska tweet me let me know because i don't know where to take this deer because
0: <laughs> that will last you how long
1: hopefully it'll last me most of the year yeah um, i'll probably try and kill another one too, get stocked up on meat so I nice. love, you can never have too much deer meat around
0: all right so what's this like is this normal to have like these bye weeks so close together for a player
1: I, it's weird i don't know how i'd feel i was thinking about that myself i was like man you go eight weeks of just a grind session and then you mm-hmm. get a week off and then it's like, okay, gear yourself back up. And then two weeks later, you're like, okay, time off. And then gear yourself back up again, trying to gear yourself up twice in a season's heart. Um, I think that that's as much as the rest is good. Your body kind of sometimes gets in, gets into this, like, Oh, it's over mode. Like, and you kind of start to let yourself down and body starts kind of going to recovery instead of trying to keep that elite performance level and then to have to build yourself back up to that uh, for a third time I mean you do it at the beginning of the season after the first bye week after the second bye week is really hard on the psyche and the emotions of a body and so i think that's going to be one of the harder things that are coming out of this bye week especially after the emotional stuff that's gone on the last week
0: yeah i was going to ask you obviously we didn't have a podcast last week you filled in for me on sports nightly so those listeners got to hear it but um for the podcast listeners, uh, just your first reaction to Trev and putting out a statement that, you know, moving forward with Scott, you know, contract restructuring, but that, you know, kind of putting out that vote of confidence that, hey, this is this is our guy moving forward.
1: I thought it was really well done by Trev. I think it, he nailed it in the way that it needed to be done. He made, and he even said it in his press, Scott put skin in the game. And anytime any competitor that's ever competed at any level at one point in time has had to bet on themselves. At one point in time, I had to say, hey, maybe this isn't the greatest situation for me initially, but if I go make the most out of the situation, it could really pay off for me in the future. And there's a little risk in that, and it puts you a little in an uncomfortable spot. And Scott put his neck out there. He's like, hey, I'll take a million bucks off. Hey, I'll take a half a buyout. I believe in myself and the staff that I'm going to put together to be able to write this ship. And Those four coaches that got let go were amazing individuals, great men. I mean, I was actually really close with Greg Austin and sad to see him go. I thought he's a tremendous coach, and I don't have any doubt he'll be picked up somewhere Mm -hmm. very soon, coaching offensive line, and same with all those guys. I think they're all good coaches, but sometimes you just need a little spark. You just need a little change and a little different potion in the ointment, right, And, and that might be the difference, and so I think Scott noticed that. I think Trev noticed that and we're moving forward and I'm excited to hear who these new hires are whenever we might get a chance to hear them
0: you know one thing that I've had a lot of people because I didn't grow up here but a lot of people have said that you know Scott's a baller and you know when he was a player and his backs against the wall he found ways to win and so that you know now that hey it's time to win you know and I think he knows that he's the first to tell you that
1: yeah and we're I know people hate this, but we're close. <laughs> like, I, I know I know people are tired of hearing that. Shoot, I'm tired of hearing that. But I can honestly tell you from an analyst point, from a former player who played at the highest level, like, when I watch this football team, we are closer than we have been in every year for the last four years. We're close. We're, we're one or two pieces missing away. We're one or two execution errors. And I know that that sounds like the old song and dance, but those games that we lost in years two, three, one, two, and 3 with Scott – were to Akron or to Troy or Colorado, right? I mean, we're talking about one-score games against Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma. One-play games at the the outcome's different. And so, though the jump hasn't been drastic, it's been marked improvement. It's been, as I say on the golf course, forward progress, right? Mm -hmm. It's not always where you want it to be, but as long as the ball's moving forward, we're going the right way. And it's been slower than most like, but I think that Trev's seen that because he, again former player played in the nfl he sees the progress being made too and i think he doesn't want to burn the whole thing down and start over while he does see progress still being put in the right direction
0: absolutely i mean i know it's emotional and it's a business unfortunately that's what you know talking with a couple of the players it was heartbreaking but again it's kind of the nature of of what you sign up for getting into this but yeah those four guys were awesome were so great to me since I've been here and gotten to know them a little bit but if you're a player going through this you know situation and you're trying to prepare for two big games two rivalry games what what's the process like I mean how do you did you ever go through that or how do I mean how would you guess that these players are handling it? yeah this?
1: I mean so I, I luckily was never really had to go through something like this and I think the biggest thing right now is our leaders got to be really good I mean I, I'm looking at guys like Austin Allen cam taylor Britt. i mean even on the defensive side of the ball like those guys have influence in the locker room over young players and to get yourself to a point where you're almost coaches in the room Mm -hmm. i mean regardless of age or but i mean if you've played a lot of football here you're going to be looked at from those young guys as help me lead me show me the way without our voice that we've had steady for the last year two years three years for some of these guys right and maybe that's not as big right now, but where that's going to be huge is during the game, right? When things go South during a game and, and they always do things ebb and flow in a game, there's highs and there's lows. It's just the nature of a football game. When you come to the sideline and you're used to having Greg Austin stand in front of you and break things down of what went wrong, what went right, what we want to get to in the run game, what happened in the past protection game, here's our next place. Like that's a constant voice that is now gone. And who fills that role? he's going to be whoever steps in there. Um, and I have no doubt that the, those coaches can do well, but it's going to be really important that once those coaches walk away to go game plan and talk with the coaches, that those leaders step in and really reiterate and really try and continue to show the path of which how things need to get done and how we need to pull ourselves out of a funk or continue on the good things we go. But emotionally, it's going to be really challenging for a lot of these guys on Saturday.
0: Uh, Travis Vogelck is our Cornhusker conversation, and he talked about that that this week, especially that they've been trying to do that. They've been helping coach, mm-hmm. you know, some of the guys, and I think you you had said that you know even the offensive tackle, some of those tight ends could help with them and the blocking yep. and, and the schemes and all of that. And and we've heard that from the start of this preseason and and during the summer about these tight ends about how much they know the offense and how good they are as leaders. And so I think that has to help when. It's never an easy decision to make, but for Scott to know that this is not an easy time to do it in the middle of the season, but to know that you have those guys that are going to be able to get in there and, hey, do this, or hey, you know, are able to be coaches on the field in practice.
1: Yeah. And the other piece, too, is you have to, as Coach Frost and the rest of the offensive staff, you have to rely on those guys that you don't have to coach them up as hard as some mm-hmm. of the young guys, right? Like, you have to give Austin Allen, or you have to give Cam Jurgens, Samori Touré, the freedom to be like listen I'm gonna be a little more hands-off with you because I trust what you're doing and I trust you're gonna do the right things I really got to focus on this young guy or this young group that needs a lot of mentorship and guidance right now and that's gotta be really hard for Scott I mean I I saw Scott at Monday that dude is burning the candles at both ends. if you really think about what he's going through man trying to find four new coaches, including an offensive coordinator that he says he's going to hand the keys to the car over to, right? That's not easy. He's trying to recruit guys saying, hey, everything here is okay. Like, still come. Be part of the solution. Oh, by the way, you have the number two slash number one defense to prepare for on Saturday. And so he's got a ton on his plate. He really has to make sure that he relies on those leaders and guys to take some of that burden off of him because – man, he'll run himself dry these next 14 days if he doesn't.
0: All right, let's get into this week. And, you know, again, not the outcome, not the record that this team expected to have going into this week. Even still, it's two rivalry games that, that's what, you know, Travis was saying, and he's like, we consider these rivalry games. And you got to get up for those, right? Mm. So if you're – If there are fans or people from the outside doubting how, you know, fired up that this team is to play in these two games, I think you're thinking wrong.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. They've never given me a reason to think that they won't get up for Mm -hmm. these big games. I I don't make decisions on what I feel. I make decisions on what I've seen. And what I've seen from this team, and good or bad or ugly, what it is, they played up to whatever game it is, right? If it's kind of cold and slow in Minnesota we play kind of cold and slow in Minnesota if it's rocking and rolling against Ohio State and Michigan we're rocking and rolling and trying to hit on all cylinders especially on the defensive side of the ball and so I have no doubt that they're going to be ready to play this game my biggest thing for this game Jessica is when things happen in this game how much will and emotion do these guys have left in the tank to weather the storm because when you go on the road to a hostile environment to a team that's competing for the e the west right a team that really wants to win the division they're going to be fired up the first quarter is a storm on the road you've got to weather the storm you got to find a way to break out of that kind of craziness and then find your way into the game I worry a little bit about this team's will and fight tank and where it's at with the way that the season's been gone and especially with that last week with coaches getting moved and question marks and all that it, it could it could be really good or it could be really bad in the way that they use that. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. You mentioned Wisconsin and competing to try to go play in a Big Ten title game. What switched for them? What have you seen that's kind of been working for them in these last few games as opposed to, man, they struggled there at the beginning of the season.
1: Well, well, first of all, this defense is just suffocating. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the word. I mean, I was watching the Northwestern game this morning again, and I was just like, man, they're everywhere. Like, they're coming at you from five different ways, but then it's like, how? They're only rushing three, but they're there. And it really starts with their two inside linebackers, Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn, two NFL-ready, could have went last year to the draft, but came back offense or linebackers. And their way that they rush the passer with them, the way that they fill holes in the run game, it's really hard to get past those two. Our guards have their hands full, Cam Jurgens included, with those two guys. But then you flip it over to the offensive side, and they found this 17-year-old, who is just a moose. (laughs) I mean, he's just running through people. It's unbelievable when that run he had against Northwestern, I think he bounced off like seven people. And talking to a couple guys that I know up in Wisconsin, they say he power cleans like 450 pounds, squats 600 pounds. I was like, oh, okay, why can't we find those guys? Like, why can't we stumble? And he was a safety. And they were like, hey, can you run the football? And he's like, I can try. And he's just running all over the place. So they've come and clicked at the right time. I think they've won four in a row now. Graham Merritts isn't playing awful. I mean, he still threw interception against Northwestern. If there's one way we got to get after this team, we got to take the ball away from him. But in order to do that, we have to stop the run. And so, if there was ever a game that was more make a team one dimensional than Wisconsin, I'd be a liar because you have to take the run away from them to make grand marriage try and throw this thing around the field.
0: Yeah, so you, you've, you mentioned the Wisconsin defense, and you, you said this the other night on Sports Nightly, how it's, it's on every statistic, and it's mm-hmm. like Georgia, Wisconsin, Georgia, <laughs> Wisconsin, on every single d- defensive uh, statistic and category in the leaders in the country. But you, on the flip side of that, you've you got to argue, Nebraska's offense is better than Wisconsin's offense.
1: When we're clicking... And it's hard for me to compare our two offensives because they're so drastically different, right? I mean, you look at Wisconsin, I compare them more to Minnesota. Bleed the clock, get under center, Mm -hmm. fullback in the game, heavy tight end formation sets versus Nebraska wants to spread them out. I will say historically, Nebraska spreading out this defense, we've had some success. Right. But I do think our, off, our defense, after watching what they did to Michigan and Michigan State, is built to stop the run against these guys a little bit more. So the matchup has always kind of favored Nebraska in this. The problem is Wisconsin has no fear of us because they've come in and beat us so many times, right? I mean, they know what – they feel like they have the blueprint to beat Nebraska, and it's, uh, it's on us, it's our our job to get them off that plan, and make them do something different.
0: So I guess I, what I was getting at is at the, at the core of it, if you, if you look at the stats and the way that Nebraska's been able mm-hmm. to move the ball up and down the field, and I know Wisconsin is very good at stopping that, but then on the flip side of that, how good the Blackshirts have played and slowed down some of the elite offenses. I mean, what's the key in that? What, it's like the immovable force meets the whatever object, that whatever that saying is. Right.
1: No, I think the biggest thing is – for that is we have to make every possession count Mm -hmm. on offense. I mean, this could very much Wisconsin loves just bleeding the clock, controlling the tempo of the game. And I mean, if we go out there and have three and outs like we did against Minnesota, I mean, I I remember I I looked at Trev on the sideline of Minnesota when we went three and out at the beginning of the game, I looked at the clock, there was like 13 minutes left. I go, I looked at Trev, I go, we're not going to get the ball back till six minutes. And he kind of looked at me. I was like, that's just how it goes in Mm these games. And sure enough, 636 is when we got the ball back and Wisconsin wants to do the same thing. They want to be methodical, they want to get three, four, three, four, three, four all the way down the field. And so it's on our offense to keep our defense rested because man, our defense has played a lot of plays in the last few weeks. Coming off a of bye or not, it's still week eleven.
0: Yeah, and they're going to be without Jojo Doman. Uh, That's a big one. Yeah.
1: That's a big one.
0: I saw him walking into the facility a couple of days ago. He's all casted up, so assuming uh, surgery went well, but i um, not sure if he'll be traveling. He's been a big emotional leader, a vocal leader, and then he's been playing so well uh, week in and week out. How do you replace a guy like that? Or do you not even – you can't look at it like that, right? No,
1: you can't. You can't look at, okay, we got to fill the shoes of JoJo Doman in week 11 of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think that all of us as fans need to understand that, that, hey, we're going to get some young guys in there that we hope one day can develop into the year five JoJo Doman. But these are year one and two, maybe three guys. I mean, a guy, Isaac Gifford, I hear is getting a lot of love around here. I think he can be a really good player for us. But, again, he's young. He's coming into a hostile on-road environment against a very good run football team. He's going to have bad plays. That's just the way it goes. But I do think that getting these young guys some meaningful reps now, I think of a guy like Luke Reimer last year. Luke Reimer came in when Colin Miller got hurt last year, got some really meaningful reps at the end of the year, then had a breakout year this year. Right. These two games could be huge for guys like that. Buford's another guy that could be big for getting meaningful reps to Really understand what you're lacking, and you build on that in the offseason. Hey, am I slow? Or am I do I need to be stronger? Do I need to be more football aware? What do I need to do better? And have a plan going into the offseason so that they can have that breakout year next year.
0: Also, the guys in the secondary. I mean, they performed stepped up and performed pretty well against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean
1: Miles Farmer's gonna be a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know last year when he got his things before he got hurt against Purdue, he had some really good. Uh, moments. I like Braxton Clark a lot. I think he's a big body. You put a little more weight on him. He's the prototypical big corner that can run. Um, so I mean, yeah, you see some guys in that back end that are getting some opportunities. It still, really hurts me. I don't know if Williams is going to be back. I doubt it. Um, but he's a guy that I really wish could get some uh, really meaningful reps. But those safeties—they're not as much pass this week. They gotta be willing to put their nose in that box and fill some holes.
0: Two invites this week announced mm. to the Senior Bowl. Uh, we talked about JoJo, but then also Cam Taylor-Britt. How big is that for a, a player to get that invite?
1: Oh, it's huge. It's validation for you of every, all this work I've put in, all this stuff that I've done. It's being rewarded, and it's giving me an opportunity to go compete with the best in the country against the best in the country to show why I should play in the NFL. And it's such an honor. I do think him getting this invite is a little bit of riding on the wall for us Cusker fans that Cam Taylor Britt will not be back next year. And I think that's the right choice for him. I think he has improved year in, and year in, and year, and year out here. I think he's had a really good year this year, playing against David Bell, Chris Alave, and showing that he can do it. I think he's ready to go to the next step and continue to de- evolve. And, I mean, he's got a fourth to fifth round grade from what I'm seeing. And I think, that. I mean, anytime you have that, you got to go. I mean, that's a lot of money to get left on the table if you don't.
0: So, uh, trophy games. You were you played in the Big Twelve before mm-hmm. the Big Ten. What was your take on all the trophy games? That was a player?
1: stupid initially. <laughs> like just win the game. Why do you need a trophy? Like, but as I saw the the meaning behind it in the Big Ten, I've started to understand it more. I've started to kind of get it. But again, it was kind of like it was kind of forced upon us like i remember when we first played out they're like high v trophy like high v heroes game i was like what are we talking about <laughs> like what, what are we doing like just win the game but it is starting to become more of a meaningful thing it's it's a little bit more of a i don't know what you want to call it incentive to win the football game like you need anymore um, but I'm not big on the whole trophy game thing so
0: you weren't the guy sprinting to go get the trophy? gosh no absolutely <laughs>
1: not I don't I don't know if I even have a picture with the trophy if I'm being honest
0: did they did they have the trophy games when you played that
1: we had the Hy-Vee Heroes Trophy I, okay. I don't know if it's still hy but I, all I know is the reason I liked is hy catered in Thanksgiving <laughs> the day before the game it was awesome <laughs>
0: Because, uh, again, I just came from the Big 12. There's not a tro- – they don't no, have trophies there. it's not a thing. So,
1: like, we're, we're the only conference that does it, I think. I think the SEC might, too, but – Yeah, but so – They're usually just, stuffed with a pile of cash or something <laughs> underneath there.
0: But I just heard uh, the players, you know, last week, this week, you know, following the game, hey, we still got a lot to play for. We got trophy games on the line. So, it's you know, it's it's something to play for. Right,
1: it's that extra little incentive if you need it, uh, I guess. Sure. <laughs> but, I, I'm not on board. Not on so board. So,
0: you won't be designing any of the upcoming trophies. Negative, uh, Okay. Uh, Players to watch for this one.
1: Yeah, I I think the the big player to watch is our two guards. Um, I mean, if you think about it, Schichterman and Nuri really are going to have their hands full with these two linebackers. They're going to be all over the field. They're going to be blitzing left and right. How they handle those two guys is really going to show how well our offense is going to be able to do. You flip it over on the defensive side of the ball, and it's our two linebackers, Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich, how they will help stop this run game because they're going to have linebackers and linemen running right at their face and misdirection. And I mean, they got to tackle really well. And with Reimer maybe not being 100%, Kalarvik, right? Kalarvik's going to be in there too. This linebacking core has to play arguably their best game this year in order for this to have a really good shot of winning this game.
0: I don't know when we'll tape next week, but Thanksgiving, are you a fan of Wednesday, Thanksgiving?
1: it's my favorite holiday. Your favorite holiday. Oh, are you kidding me? It's fully acceptable to eat way too much food, <laughs> sit on the couch, watch football, and fall asleep. Sign me up every day of the week, twice on Sundays.
0: It's going to be a fun couple of weeks, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even just beyond uh, football, got a lot of big volleyball games, a lot on the line for them, basketball starting, heating up. So it's going to be a fun couple of weeks, and I'm excited for next week. Uh, yeah,
1: me too. It, the Friday games are fun.
0: Yep. All right, so uh, that will do it I- for Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Coody. We've got Facebook Live coming up 60 minutes before. I will not be in Wisconsin oh, this week. Oh, uh, So you'll be uh, having to.
1: Too cold for I'll, you. I'll
0: be on Facebook Live, but I just won't be de- there with you. So we will still continue to bring that to you. Warm-ups leading up to kickoff uh, 60 minutes out of this one. And then, of course, Jeremiah will be on the call on this one with the Huskers Radio Network. All right. That will do it. Quick turnaround because we'll do it again next week.
1: Absolutely. Go Big Red.